RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, five policemen convicted of beating up an activist during the 2014 Occupy protests, failing their bid to take their case to the High Court of Final Appeal. UK's House of Lords debates calls to offer Hong Kong resident citizenship in another country and the construction of private flats speeds up in the third quarter. Five policemen convicted of beating up an activist during the Occupy protests of 2014 have lost their bid to take their cases to the Court of Final Appeal. Richard Pine reports. Court of Appeal Judge Andrew McRae said none of the four points of law advanced by the five men on the authenticity of video footage relied upon at trial were of great and general importance. While the court rejected this request, the five can still approach the Court of Final Appeal directly. The seven policemen were convicted of assault by the District Court in 2017 and sentenced to two years' imprisonment. In July, two of the seven were found not guilty by the Court of Appeal, while the remaining five had their sentences reduced. Hong Kong's former governor, Chris Patton, has urged Beijing to behave more sensibly, saying he received what he called an impertinent letter from the foreign ministry, blaming the unrest in the SAR on the CIA and foreign forces. He made the comments during a debate in the UK's House of Lords over calls to offer Hong Kong residents citizenship in another country. Candice Wong reports. Britain's House of Lords has passed a non-binding motion taking note of the recent unrest in Hong Kong and calls to offer its residents citizenship in another country. It was put forward by Lord Alton of Liverpool, who said the UK should join the US in introducing legislation to strengthen the monitoring of the Sino-British Joint Declaration with sanctions and the enactment of a Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act to hold perpetrators to account when it's been breached. Lord Alton also said after Britain Brexit, no free trade agreement should be made with Hong Kong or the mainland without a robust clause tied to the freedoms guaranteed in the Sino-British Joint Declaration. Speaking during the debate, former Hong Kong Governor Lord Patton said demonstrators should recognise that they play into the hands of the Communist Party when they are violent. He urged Beijing to give the Hong Kong government room to, as he put it, make some accommodations with the demonstrators. He also implored the Chinese government to behave more sensibly citing what he called an impertinent letter some of them had got from the foreign ministry that morning, which said it had all been whipped up by the CIA and foreign forces. He said this was always a witness of authoritarian regimes that they didn't understand what was happening below. People wearing face masks have been rallying in Causeway Bay and Shen Wan, chanting slogans often heard in recent anti-government protests. They've apparently heeded online calls to protest on their way to work. Some walked from Sogo Department store in Causeway Bay towards Quarry Bay, asking the government to respond to protesters' demands. Others did the same near Shenwan's Infinitus Plaza shopping arcade. Official figures show the construction of private flats drastically sped up in the third quarter. Joanne Wong reports. The Transport and Housing Bureau says developers began work on 10,500 flats. That's more than double the total of the previous two quarters, which was at 4,000. It brings the total from January to September to 14,500 flats, 2,000 fewer than the same period last year. During that period, a total of 10,100 homes were completed, compared to almost 13,000 for the same period last year. As of the end of last month, more than 10,000 completed flats Flats remain unsold, and the government kept its estimate that around 93,000 private flats should become available over the next four years. 
The government says a new scheme to support those who've lost their jobs or had to take no-pay leave since June is reasonably popular, although it has plans to, only has plans to support 10,000 people. The Love Upgrading Special Scheme from the Employees Retraining Board offers free courses of up to three months. Trainees get a maximum allowance of $4,000 per month. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lord Chi Kuang, says there's no plan to raise this subsidy, although he admitted that it might be needed. For the ELB scheme, the amount of maximum subsidy per month is written in law. To change that amount, we have to provide an amendment to the ordinance, and it will definitely take time. And in view of the present situation of the Legislative Council, I would not expect it is possible to amend the legislation before the end of this legislative session. Although there seems to be a point there, because this particular amount has been remained in our law for quite a number of years. Mr Law also said the government would offer a regular cash allowance for those on low incomes, although the eligibility criteria may be different from an existing community care fund subsidy. Meanwhile, the community care fund will offer two rounds of subsidies to low-income people who aren't living in public housing or receiving the CSSA, known as N-nothings. Because this type of program is not a regular program, and to launch this program, we need time to prepare for launching the program. Although we have announced the intention to do so in mid-August, but the earliest possible time is to launch the program on the 1st of July next year. And in the policy address, the chief executive also announced that we'll repeat that particular program for one more time at the end of next year. So we will be launching this so-called end nothing program twice in the coming year. Mr Law said the government had also put forward a series of relief measures, like giving out an extra month of working family and old age living allowances. He called on LegCo to approve them as soon as possible. LegCo's finance committee will continue to be led by pro-establishment lawmakers after finance sector lawmaker Chan Chunying successfully defended his seat as its vice chairman. He defeated Kenneth Leung from the Professionals Guild by 33 to 18. Incumbent chair Chan Kim Paul was earlier re-elected. Pan-Democrat lawmakers had been stalling the election process, accusing their rivals of working with the government and approving all of the administration's funding requests. Environment Secretary Wong Kam Singh says he doesn't know whether LegCo will pass the domestic solid waste levy bill before its current term ends next year, because the legislature is now in what he described as a complicated situation. But he said the government is stepping up efforts to recycle beverage cartons, styrofoam and other types of waste plastic to ease the burden on landfills. We just approved it at New Tender to support a pilot scheme to collect plastic recyclables in Eastern District. And we'll expand it to other districts step by step so that we can support the community to have better cleaner recycling. At the same time, we use other means to support the private sector to do more recycling. A recent example is the tetrapack recyclables that we use, for instance, the recycling fund to support the private sector to recycle the tetrapack beverage containers. Meanwhile, Mr Wong has dismissed concerns that Hong Kong's air quality might have been affected by the police using tear gas at protest sites. We are monitoring the air quality in different districts in Hong Kong. The tear gas is mainly composing the particulates. And through our monitoring system, we are monitoring the PM and related particles that we do not look any particular changes in our monitoring results. The Hong Kong Journalists Association says 96% of press members it surveyed are opposed to official accreditation by the government. 
More than 250 people responded to the poll earlier this week. Most of those who said they're against the idea cited concerns of censorship and infringement on the freedom of the press. There have been reports that the government and police are considering issuing official accreditation to journalists. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has said there are no such plans. U.S. Vice President Mike Pence has launched a scathing attack on China on the eve of fresh U.S.-Chinese trade talks. In a hard-hitting speech, Mr. Pence accused Beijing of military posturing against its neighbours, criticising its trading behaviour and treatment of religious minorities. Mr. Pence said the U.S. ultimately wanted a constructive relationship. The President has also made it clear the United States does not seek confrontation with China. We seek a level playing field open markets, fair trade, and a respect for our values. We are not seeking to contain China's development. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has challenged the House of Commons to approve a snap election in December. He said the British people must be given the opportunity to end the paralysis over Brexit. He told opposition parties if they agreed to this, he would give them until November 6th to debate his EU withdrawal bill. What people will want to know is that if there is that extra time, then this time Parliament really means it and really will get behind the deal and really will put it through. And in order to create a deadline that is credible in everybody's minds, then there must be that hard stop of a general election. Anti-government protests have broken out again in Iraq weeks after more than 150 people were killed in demonstrations against unemployment and alleged corruption. Here's the BBC's Roger Walker. A second phase of protests was not due to start until Friday, but hundreds of people took to the streets of Baghdad on Thursday. Dozens headed towards the high-security Green Zone, where they were forced back by security forces using water cannon. There were also protests in the southern cities of Diwaniya and Nazaria. A government report this week acknowledged that excessive force had been used to put down the demonstrations in early October. 70% of those killed in Baghdad were shot in the head or chest. Thousands of Australians are hoping to climb one of their country's best-known landmarks, Uluru, before a permanent ban on scaling it takes effect on Saturday. The Red Rock in the Northern Territory was handed back to its traditional owners, the Anangu indigenous people, 34 years ago. They regard the rock as sacred, as the BBC's Phil Mercer. Thousands of people have poured into Uluru in recent weeks for the chance to reach the summit for one last time before the ban comes into force. Indigenous groups in Central Australia, however, have never wanted visitors to scale the giant red rock. They believe it's sacred and has a power and a spirituality like nowhere else. In recent years, the number of tourists scaling Uluru has gradually fallen. But some say the rock is for everyone and believe the climb shouldn't be closed. Finance and a short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,663. That's 134 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $36.7 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.63 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 6 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chung. 
We start in the NBA where Yanis Antetokounmpo spoiled Russell Westbrook's Houston debut. Last season's most valuable player posted 30 points and had a triple-double in Milwaukee's 117-111 victory over the Rockets in a star-studded opener in Houston. Antetokounmpo fouled out with five minutes remaining, but the Bucks held on for the win. Westbrook had 24 points in defeat. The 2017 MVP joined the Rockets after being traded by Oklahoma City for Chris Paul this past summer. His teammate James Harden, who was the 2018 MVP, had 19 points despite making just 2 of 13 from the field. Now, week 8 of the NFL season kicked off with victory for the Minnesota Vikings. They beat the Washington Redskins in a game that saw only one touchdown, and that was scored by Delvin Cook. The running back caught five passes on top of his 98 yards rushing to help the Vikings win 19 points to 9. Minnesota's fourth straight win gave them six in total, matching division leaders Green Bay who have a game in hand. The miserable Redskins, meanwhile, have lost seven of eight games. One of the biggest names in mixed martial arts, Conor McGregor, has announced his return to the sport. Early next year will mark McGregor's first fight since he lost to Khabib Nurmagomedov in 2018. Earlier this year, McGregor announced his retirement from the sport, but at a press conference in Moscow, he said he's now ready to resume his career and he wants that rematch. It is a heated, heated rivalry. True heat. So we must settle it. The war is far from over. Can it be settled? Maybe so. But... Like I said, the people of Moscow, the people of Russia, they deserve for this inevitable rematch. This is an inevitable rematch. He can run as long as he wants. He can throw, he can try and throw featherweights or people that I've beaten in the past in front of me. But again, it is an inevitable rematch. He can run, but he cannot hide. So it is a heated, heated rivalry. And I believe we will settle it someday soon. Manchester United have recorded their first win away from home since March. It happened in the Europa League as Anthony Martial, who started for the first time since August, scored a first-half penalty to give United a 1-0 win over Partizan Belgrade in Serbia. That ends United's run of 12 away matches without a win. They topped Group L with 7 points from 3 games. Arsenal came from behind to beat Portuguese side Vitoria Guimaraes 3-2 at the Emirates. Nicolas Pepe scored twice in the final 10 minutes to give the Gunners a perfect three wins out of three. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, top stories once again. Five policemen convicted of beating up an activist during the 2014 Occupy protests fail in their bid to take their case to the quarterfinal appeal. The UK's House of Lords debates calls to offer Hong Kong residents citizenship in another country. And the construction of private flats speeds up in the, in the third quarter. The new Smart HK. Employers and foreign domestic helpers should respect each other and observe their obligations to build a positive and long-lasting relationship. Employers should pay full wages on time, provide a return air ticket when the contract ends, and should not withhold a helper's passport. Helpers are entitled to one rest day per week, statutory holidays, annual leave, and insurance protection. For inquiries, call the Labor Department hotline on 2717-1771.
Home. 